welcome to Living the Dream Acting the Podcast. A podcast for actors, by actors, about acting. And here's the host, Christina Kipper Halstead. Hi, I'm Christina, and on this podcast, I track down interviews with actors, writers, directors, and everyone involved in the performing arts from stage to screen, including artists like myself who live outside of New York and LA, where the rules of the business can sometimes be a little different. I cover getting started, not giving up, and inspiration for actors all around the globe who are trying to live their artistic dreams. Please join our community by liking us on Facebook, by leaving a comment on my website, livingthedreamacting.com, and by following me on Twitter at Artist Dreams. That's at Artist underscore Dreams. On today's episode, we head to San Diego to talk with actress and entrepreneur Brenda Edelman. Please stick around for that while we do a little catching up. Everybody, so glad to be back for part two with Brenda Edelman this week. And before we get into that interview, I've actually got a special guest with me today, someone I'm very close with. Would you like to introduce yourself? Why, well, yes, I may. My name is Alexander Chase Halstead, and the person that actually makes these amazing podcasts is actually my mom. That's right. And thank you for the lovely compliment. So we both had plays this week that we were in, didn't we? Yes. You were in a play and I was in a play. And um, that made our week kind of stressful, running around trying to get everybody situated. But um, what would you say is the best part of having a play this week what was the best thing you got out of having that experience actually being able to do the play was awesome and doing it in front of a whole bunch of other kids at my school and especially doing it in front of my girlfriend in front of your girlfriend okay great (laughs) yeah no that's fine um and I had a play too I had a play (laughs) reading for a project called the little black dress which is uh I talked about um last year, I think. And then uh, this year, I actually got to be in it and a women playwrights um, from really uh, locally sort of in the Prescott, Arizona area, but now it's become uh, national and and international women playwrights submitting their work and people getting a chance to perform. (coughs) And you got to see me in that play. And I got to see you in your play. And you were fabulous when you soared as Odin's Odin turning into an eagle. Why, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, my little nine-year-old, almost ten-year-old. <laughs> and um, and what 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 was your favorite part of mommy's play? Um, the fact that I actually heard you swear for the first time <laughs> and say the T word. Which yes, mommy, grown-ups know what that word is. Mommy had Can't some say. swearing in this play, and I warned you in advance. That's true. But, yep. Yep, but I was glad you were there. So, Well, thank you for being on the podcast as my guest host today. And You are welcome. We're I gonna, hope I can come more times. Okay, awesome. And uh, I think that's it for now. We'll uh, uh-huh. we're gonna roll into the interview, and then you and I. Well, you you'll come back with me at the end when we do the closing. Okay. okay. 
All right. So without further ado, here is uh, the fantastic Brenda Edelman talking about art and life and forgiveness. See you guys after the podcast. What is that? What is the, well, I have two questions that are swimming around in my head, but what is, let's start with what is that world like? Sort of the, the one person show world. Cause as I'm discovering, because I'm one of your students, um, it's, yeah. it's a lot more, it's a lot deeper than I realized, <laughs> you know, the, this <laughs> idea like of the work. Yeah, submitting to festivals and, and sort of this whole community of people that do one person shows. Um, just, uh, you mean it, what do you mean by it's deeper emotionally with the amount of people there are, with the amount of places you can perform? Um, I guess I, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, the amount of people that are out there doing it and the, the opportunities and the festivals and the places that you can submit, all of that stuff is a lot. It, it's just a very a larger world than I realized until we started getting into this journey. It's so true. It is a huge community. Um, well, huge is defined by many different things, but uh, it's like a counter culture, a subculture. It's yes. so amazing. Um, yeah, there are these festivals. So there are people who you would never know who their names are, just like a lot of people may not know my name. But they are making money and they are performing all year round. There's some, uh, there are these fringe festivals all around the states and Canada where there are people who do tours from the, I think it starts on the East Coast and it goes to the West Coast. There's different, um, you know, fees for the different festivals. There's a few little different regulations and stuff like that. Some of the festivals have hosts that put you up, uh, yeah, I did the Orlando Fringe Festival a couple of years ago, but I loved it. And what was so great with that festival is I had to come up with my airfare, and I had to put payment down for, like, what you're paying for is, I think I performed either their seven, I think I performed seven times. It might have been ten times. I think it was seven. But you're paying for, excuse me, rental of the theater. Um, you have, you're in all their promotions. And you're also, you get a, a sound and light person and you have the rental space. So it really charges the bare minimum, even though, you know, at some festivals are more than others. But, um, I can't remember. I think I might have paid around $500 to get into that festival, maybe 550 But when you think about all you're getting for that, it's pretty incredible. And, um, and what was so great about that festival is, oh, and it's also based on venue size, right? So I probably could have paid a little less for a smaller venue, but then the possibility of making more money is less because at most fringe festivals, you get the entire door. So I made several thousand dollars, even though I paid that up front because I had seven days and I had the medium sized venue. So, but in addition to that, what was so great is at that festival, they find local people to host you so you don't have as anything on hotels, and um, and I ended up really connecting with my host. We we become best friends, and uh, actually, she's even a coaching client of mine in my in my forgiveness coaching. So um, so that was that was great. But so there's festivals all over the East Coast, the West Coast, and so you could literally be on tour. And what happens is when you meet you meet other people and you hear about other festivals and where they've made money or not made money or what was a great experience, what was a not 
a good experience. And people do it for all kinds of reasons, you know. And you don't have to do the whole year. You can just do a few. There are certain festivals that they say make more money than others in Canada specifically. And, um, you know, uh, what was great for me in Orlando is I also got some amazing reviews. And I was nominated for Best Actress uh, Award by the critics. And so you build your credibility. You meet fellow actors, you know, um, find out about other opportunities and you know I just happen to love other actors and specifically in the one 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 person show world there's a lot of people with shows that have really important messages and certainly the people are very successful um, and so I love learning and being inspired yeah absolutely absolutely so I guess um the other the other thing that I'm thinking about is you know it's been this has been a long journey for you, this part of your life, and a successful journey. And I know many of the things that have happened to you, you weren't expecting and didn't know were coming and, and didn't necessarily intend. And, it, and it's been a long time since you've been in that other, that other space, I guess, that maybe a lot of people are in, where they're working jobs they don't want to work, they're doing things they don't want to do. Uh, and I'm wondering if you had some advice or, uh, you know, something you'd like to share with people around that may be in that space right now, but are looking yeah. to be in more where, where yeah. you are, whether it's working on a one-person show or, 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 or other goals that they have as an artist. Yeah, well, what I will say is, uh, well, my goals have shifted over the years, too. So right. I, my show is like the gift that keeps on giving as far as getting hired. You know, I, I haven't uh, done any, like, fierce seeking to do my show in a long time. And I often will get people coming to me because they had heard about the show. Um, but what, So what I will say is that... Um, in some ways, though, the show, I never made it into a full-time job. I made it into something that gives me incredible joy. Um, I feel like I'm on purpose when I'm doing it. And, you know, you can, fit, you can say, well, there are, you know, people who are doing jobs they don't like because they have to, you know, we all have bills to pay. But what I would say for me is, like, I've done the, I've done the show consistently over the years, but not full-time, and instead of taking jobs I didn't like, I created other things that I love that I do, So, but it's a full schedule, and it's constantly, you know, it's like you're either working for yourself or you're working for, for someone else, so I think there's a shift in, um, there's a shift in perception, so for example, I, you know, I'm a forgiveness coach, I created my online course, how to create, promote, and profit from a one-person show, I love what I'm doing, but that was so many hours and months of work that you could say was taking away from me performing, right? And if someone else is at a job that they don't like, it's taking away from performance. But what I always did is I had an end goal in mind. And, and that, what I would say for people who are, are working jobs that they don't like is you have an opportunity to move more into law of attraction. What you have to do is always give space for your dream and your art. So it means that if you find yourself working for, uh, you know, a week straight without even writing, 
then it's gonna, I mean, in my experience too, it's gonna make you not, you know, lose some of the magic and some of the dream. And you have more control than that because you can literally just schedule in 15 minutes that you know you are gonna write at least once a week for 15 minutes. Everybody has that. And so that your focus is on, you know, your magic and your muse. And then the other thing is to shift into gratitude for the money that the other job brings you in because it allows you while you're in the creating stage and not making money from the work that you're creating to sustain yourself, to not have to worry about money. You know what I'm saying? So it's all, it's all perception. It's all because, because, um, you know, the funny thing, even when I've been doing the show for, let's say, a three-week run, four-week run, five-week run, and I am making money, and I, it becomes, a, <laughs> I will just say it, sometimes it does become a job. It also becomes a job, because even though I love what I'm doing, it's hard, you know, being on stage for an hour straight, and all that goes into it, and the rehearsal, and the, you know, really being open, and, and, and big, and using all your energy, and connecting with other people, and being on it's still a job. It's so hard. Um, it can be. Usually when people are just starting, they're just like, oh my God, this is so amazing. But the truth is, as you keep going, you know, it's just like if you were a Broadway actor and you were doing the job every day, it's, it's a job. It's wonderful, but it's, but it is also a job. But whenever I would find myself getting into that, you know, because audiences are different, your performance is different every night. Sometimes it's super fulfilling. Sometimes it's not as fulfilling. I would just always Come, come into myself and say, what if this is the only time I get to do this? What if this is the last mm. time I get to do this? And then it would automatically shift my attitude to being present in the moment and not thinking about, oh my God, do I have the energy to do, to do this? Or, oh my God, how many people are going to be the audience? Instead, I shifted to, I just want to reach one person with my message. And that always shifts things for me. So I think if, you know, if you're not doing what you love, who knows? You could even take breaks during the day, like a five-minute break during your day when you use the bathroom when you're at your job, and just vision. Have a vision, you know. I just say the bathroom because you can have some private things. <laughs> right? You're using the plunger while you're doing this. <laughs> you know, five minutes to think about your dreams, to imagine, like specifically if you're creating a show, or if you're even if you're in the beginning stages of it, just take five minutes. Yeah, like how how much would this change someone's attitude if five minutes daily you did a visualization of what it will be like for you to be on stage? Or if you want to work, you know, you want to win an award with your show, what would it be like you accepting an award for that? It's like we get to choose what's in our mind. It's not crazy because you're, you know, we're all healthy. Hopefully you're a healthy person. It's five minutes getting into that feeling space of what it's like, because I actually think by shifting into that space, it will give you more energy to create, and you do find those times around your schedule that you can fit in. Yeah, and I love um, what you're saying about, it really comes down to conscious intention, and I, I really, I feel like I've really gotten more clear about that at this point in my life. And as we're and we've entered 2016. Now, um, this idea of for a long time, I lived in this space of feeling like I lacked control. And I lacked the ability to create the direction of my life. And so I would feel enslaved to whatever it was that I didn't want to be doing. 
And I wasn't, I wasn't focused on gratitude, wasn't seeing the positive and also wasn't seeing how there are spaces of time, even if I have to do certain things I don't want to do to make money or, you know, I, um, I have a child and, and as we all know, and I'm a single mom, you know, there are times when you just, you, your time is not your own, but you know, as you and I have talked about before this, there are times though where we can discover or there are uh, opportunities to give ourselves some time, to give ourselves some attention. And then it's all about, well, what am I doing with that? Am I sitting and, you know, streaming uh, Homeland on Netflix and watching like all 13 episodes of a season and wasting a whole afternoon? Like, yes, brilliant acting, you know, amazing, inspirational performances, incredible storytelling. But what did I do today as a storyteller? You know, was that time well spent or not? You know? Yeah, that's really interesting because because so many of us can do that and and definitely justify why you're doing it. And I wouldn't even say eliminate that at all because no. it isn't for I agree. Um, but you know, it's also it's also like taking us out of what we have to do. It's living in another world instead of instead of doing what we do. You know, that's a really funny thing I heard Sean Penn say the other day about why he doesn't go to award shows. It just just blew my mind, and I think it's uh, relevant to this. He said he doesn't go to award shows because it's like being a bit player and an extra in a TV show. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. But I can see how that's how it is for us actors sometimes when we're watching other people's work. It's like we're not, we're not, there's nothing we're doing there. We're not moving forward our lives. We're not taking the action we need to take. You know what I'm saying? It's just thought like, wow. Yeah. That is an interesting perspective because I imagine that he's someone from, you know, what you hear that is just driven and does what he wants to do and takes action and is out there versus being what he should do. Yes. Yes. And and again, and again, since a lot of your work too is about forgiveness and we'll make sure that we post, you know, links to all your stuff on the website and, and, and we didn't, you you know, I didn't, I didn't spend a lot of any time talking about, you know, the, the story of some of the trauma you went through that create, uh, led you to create the one woman show. But I think we can give people links to that and, and I'll talk about it a little bit too, um, when I'm introducing you, but, um, I just, you know, it's the forgiveness work that you do is crucial. And I think it's just crucial in general to anyone in their lives. But this idea as performers, like we have to be gentle with ourselves. And you've even had this conversation with me, you know, we have to forgive whatever choices we made up until this moment right now, that our voice, our voices can be heard by whoever's listening. And we're just looking at moving forward. Instead of, you know, looking back and, you know, how did I make this choice? And it, you know, I went, yeah, went off course. and positive about that. There's yeah. nothing positive about that. You know, it's like, yeah, learn the lesson. But, but so many people just spend time beating themselves up and then going into remorse. And not, it, you know, it doesn't help you move forward, especially because actors are so sensitive. You know, so if you're yes. a sensitive person. Well, what are you talking about? Like, what are you saying? Yeah. I'm not sensitive. <laughs> Highly sensitive. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> highly sensitive intuitive. So it's even more important for us to just be kind to ourselves. But, you know, note where you need to maybe do something different and uh, 
and change your emotions around something and let it go because the past is just that. It's gone. You can't yes. change it. So, and that's a lot of what the forgiveness work I, I, uh, I do is about. It's like, okay, and that happened. And I think a lot of what people go into too is like, wow, if I would have just taken that class or I just would have taken that chance, then everything would be different and I would, uh, you know, um, be on television right now, or I would do this, or I'd do, and the truth is, you have no idea. Like, actors struggle at every level. It's like, there are actors I've read about that, you know, they finally get that TV show, and then they get cut. You know, the rest of the cast is on, but they get, you know, it's like, you never know what's gonna happen. So, for us to go back and beat ourselves up and say, well, if I would have just taken that, you know, taken that, choice instead, then everything would be different, everything would be great. It's like, well, you can tell yourself that, but that's not necessarily true. Yes. And I believe in you know, really going with what's true. And and there's yeah. even, you know, that sort of that fear that actors live with, that they have that feeling like they're never going to work again after that last, you know, opportunity that they had. I, I literally, I just, I heard an interview not too long ago where, um, with Dustin Hoffman that Alec Baldwin was actually doing, because he has a podcast and he, he was saying, uh, Dustin Hoffman was saying the same thing. That after every movie that he makes, he always has that fear that he's never going to work again. And to us, that seems, well, that's ridiculous. Like you're Dustin Hoffman, you know, but, but like you're saying at every level we have, you know, those fears, um, whether it's, you know, are we ever going to get to the next level or maybe we've reached the top and it's where, where do we go from here or can we maintain where we are or, but again, like you're saying, that's focusing on the fears, not focusing on the gratitude and focusing on the creativity. And and then you're in the future again, right? Right. Power is in the present because you're either in the past or you're like, oh, I have a work with them. Well, then you're not in the present. And instead, I I mean, and this is what my coaching is about. It's like bringing yourself down back to the present. And instead of, oh, what if I don't work again? What if I don't do this? How about going into what can you do right now that's going to raise your vibration? What can you do right now that's going to have you move closer to your goal? How can you get out of that obsessive negative loop of thinking so that you can be positive? Um, you know, some of it is just training your mind to notice, like right. you were saying about the conscious awareness, tra- tra- noticing when you start to get negative so that you can, uh, you know, even move. You know, that's the best thing to just get up, move so that you don't, your head just doesn't keep going in that, in that obsessive loop. Or, uh, you know, when I used to have my dog, I used to, as soon as I get negative, I think about her smiling face and then then that would just shift it for me you know there's like little tricks that you can do to just get out of that obsessive loop of thinking that everybody has yes yeah oh yeah i've been there i know exactly what that's like (laughs) (laughs) i know right so you've actually got so you've got several what i'll call projects going on i mean you've got your one woman show (laughs) you're now you're a life coach you've been doing that for many years you have uh uh, 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 how to create your solo show program where people can work with you and, um, to do private coaching, but, and then also where they can get these modules that lead them through the process of creating their show. You also are doing forgiveness work with people one-on-one. Um, I know there are a couple more. What else do you have going on? The newest, <laughs> the, newest <laughs> the newest and the latest. Is, yeah. The latest one, actually, is my new passion project, is um, 
teaching people how to be authentic and confident on video. So basically telling their story on video. And this is primarily for uh, for business owners because I am a solo business owner. I mean, I have my assistant, but I work for myself. And, you know, being on video is so important. So up until now, I've been teaching people how to be authentic on stage and then create characters and how to use your story in a presentation. That was, that's for speakers too, but mostly performers. And this is because I, I have so many coach friends and healer friends and business owner friends. And all of a sudden, I was like, wow, it's so easy for me to critique what they're doing. Because I was hearing in all these online groups also how scared people were to present themselves on video or, like, they weren't showing who they really were and or it was taking hours and hours and hours because they'd have to take so many takes. And so I just, with a few people, gave, you know, they sent me their videos. And I, you know, it was like within five minutes, I could come up with five things that they could do differently. And um, and then I created a free challenge uh, online so that people, so I could actually show instead of tell, like show, oh, here's a acting performance technique that you can use in your video that connects you with your audience right away, basically what the end goal for that program is for people to really show their expertise, be themselves, and use their personality so that they can get get more of a connection with people who would want to hire them. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. That's great. So um, I know you have a website. I think it's forgivenessandfreedom.com. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and the end is spelled A-N-D in the middle. What was that? It's forgiveness, A-N-D, freedom. Forgivenessandfreedom.com. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so you've got a lot of stuff on your lap as uh, as a teacher and a healer and a coach, and you're still obviously performing regularly. Um, can I ask? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What was I that? I was going to say, can I give the options for the free tr- the free training that I... Yeah, go ahead. Um, okay, so the free the best free training for people who are actors who want to do their one-person shows or, you know, share their story in a way where they will heal themselves but also have potential to make money is... They just go to my web... Well, they go to forgivenessandfreedom.com slash free training. You just add free training to the end, and that's a three-part video series where I take you through, like, the five rookie mistakes that I made that you don't want to make so that you can make money quicker. Also, you know, different ways that you can heal, inspire others with your story, and how to um, create a show. And what was the other one uh, that I thought would be, well... That's, that's good for now. Obviously, I'm on Facebook, too. People can, can reach me. I have a Facebook group called Tell Your Story, Tell Your Life. It's a really good group. Oh, and then, of course, if, uh, the thing about the one-person show program is that people can learn it, create shows, and perform no matter where they are in the world, because it's all delivered online uh, with membership access and also access to me in the Facebook group, and that is at uh, forgivenessandfreedom.com slash create your solo show. Awesome. Yay. <laughs> so, and that is what you're Yeah. Yeah. So Brenda, what are you envisioning for your future moving forward from here? <laughs> so funny because I'm actually working on so being in the present moment. Uh, <laughs> however, I, you know, 
I love working with performers so much. And, and the reason my whole course came about is because I've had so many people over the years calling me, you know, asking me out for coffee, taking me out to dinner, taking me out to lunch because they wanted to find out about how to create their show or how to take their show to the next level. Hmm. And I, or, you know, they would hire me for a one-off coaching session, but I knew I couldn't really help them in a one session thing. So I really took all of my information, all of the experience I'd had over the years and put it into this into this program and to tell you the truth I get I literally get high when people in the group have wins like you know uh, Ava right now has just is just finishing up a three week run in New York City Leah has just performed first time on stage even though she's a super super talented recording artist uh, you know she just performed in Panama and to see where you know because I take the journey with these people and I know where they've been and where they've come from and what they've overcome and how amazing their talent is out there or even people in the course who are just starting or you know who haven't made time for themselves even though they have this burning story inside them and they have this talent right I'm so happy to be the one to kind of help inspire and support and you know other people that I'm working with on the, in the group also one-on-one to see how their scripts are getting better and more refined and they're getting more confident. So my, I would say one of my biggest visions is to have that group grow because I, you know, people are from all over the world and I, I just want to see people sharing themselves in these big ways uh, all over the world. Like I'll be so happy when I'm at even more countries to, to the group that's in there. Um, <laughs> You know, I have someone from Japan there now. I have someone who was in China and is now back in America. Um, but I want to see that grow. I want that to be such a rich community. And what I would really love to have is a, like a, a, a live event once or twice a year mm-hmm. where the people who are in that group, we can all get together and I can see the shows and maybe direct them a little bit and have a showcase. And, and um, you know, also the healing work is so important to me. I mean, that's my vision right now. It's not a long term, but it's it's more of a medium term vision. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I was going to ask you what inspires you, but it sounds like what inspires you is is other people experiencing healing and growing through their art and growing in their lives. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's <laughs> like I know how far I've come, mm-hmm. and I'm already past that main point. You know, like everything everyone's going through, I've been through it and gone to the depths of my soul to figure out what would work and what what everything. It's like, oh, my God, nobody would know. And it's so funny because people are like, oh, you're such an extrovert. But I was totally shy. I was totally questioning myself. I was totally like, oh, you know, can I do this? Who am I to do this? So what inspires me is to really help other people jump past that and be who they really are. Hmm. It does. That's what inspires me. Well, I got to say, you know, I mean, I'm just, I've just dipped my toe into the water, I would say, and and uh, and you're already helping me. And I've been out and about and in front of audiences for a long time, but uh, but yeah, it's it's making a difference, you know, this work that we're doing together. So so thank you. That's so that's so great, and that that whole thing, that first step of really following your truth, uh, is just that's that's it. It's once you start. The thing is, once you start. What's so great about the course is you have this community to keep you going. You know, when mm-hmm. life gets in the way, you just keep going because you have the support of people who are like you, who are also going after their dreams, not 
not everybody does. Most people don't, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And, and would you say, and, if you were if you were going to give advice, would you say that's really what needs to happen, is you just need to start? Absolutely. It's, you know, they say that with writers, too. You just got to sit at the desk. You have to get out of your head and just sit at the desk. And I find for myself that it helps to have accountability. So, uh, you know, and a lot of people are like, oh, I can just do it. And, you know, what's that book, The War of Art? Oh, it's like there's so much resistance that comes up. So it's really important to, to just start. And if you know you can't do it or you're not doing it, to forgive yourself and then get the support you need so that you get your music out of you. That you don't die, you know, Wayne Dyer said don't die with your music inside you. Not, I'm not actually sure if it was Wayne Dyer, but I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, beautiful. Thank you, lovely Brenda Edelman. <laughs> you're welcome. Well, that's the end of Episode 8 featuring Brenda Edelman. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember to tell your friends about Living the Dream Acting, the podcast, livingthedreamacting.com. And don't forget to follow my mom on Twitter at artist underscore dreams. I'm Alexander Chase Halstead. And I'm Christina Kipper. And And thanks thanks again again for listening. Thank you for listening to Living the Dream Acting, the podcast. Have questions or a story you'd like to share? We'd love to hear from you. For more information or to get in touch, please visit our website at livingthedreamacting.com.